Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. We are so grateful that you guys are here. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them uh, to Acts 5. And as that video was uh, showing you, if you have a hard time seeing these screens, by the way, uh, Jessica was so awesome to make us a little page on the Bible app so you can follow along on our notes and, and you could read the scriptures that we're going to be uh, covering uh, on the Bible app, the Version Bible app under events in search for Atmosphere Church and it should pop up. But we've been in a series talk called The Great Reset and uh, we thought it was super important as we climb into a new calendar year that we talk about a reset because after experiencing 2020 like we did, it's time for not just a regular reset, but a great reset. Turn to somebody right now and say, I'm ready for a reset. Just tell them that. I'm ready for a reset. So the best way that we can reset our lives as we move our lives forward into 2021 is the Word of God. And there's no better book in the Bible, in my opinion, to help reset our lives in the book of Acts. Because even though the book of Acts is an account of the early church, and it's a, a history book, more than a history book, I believe for us living right now as followers of Jesus, it's a training manual. Because the way these men and women live their lives for God is the same way that God desires us in 2021 to live for his kingdom right now. Now, so I'm going to pray and we're going to jump into this book. Father, we thank you so much for the way you have already shown up and spoken to our hearts. And even for some people, God, you've, you've brought healing to their troubled lives through that music. God, thank you for giving us such an amazing gift right here in this amphitheater to worship you in person. Thank you for this weather. Thank you, God, for the amazing ways that you're changing lives and healing people and restoring families. And God, we pray for more today. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Acts chapter 5 is where I want to uh, read from this morning. And I'm going to pick up in verse 12. It says, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade, or, or also known as Solomon's porch. This was an area within the Jewish temple. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. 
Now, as I read this passage in the book of Acts, I want that to happen, not just around me, but I want that to happen for our city. Don't you? I want this to happen for our nation. I, the same Jesus that was moving through these men and women is here right now wanting to move through you and I. So, so as I look at this, this is our template, church. This is what he's calling us to live. But chapter 5 starts off in a really kind of troubling way. I don't know how many church services you've been where they've preached Acts chapter 5, but it's a pretty challenging chapter. And you'll know why after I read it. Let me start off by verse 1. It says, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you've received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. He died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young man came forward, wrapped up his body, carried him out, and buried him. And about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, this is the price. And Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At the moment, she fell down at his feet, and she died. What? Then the young man came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Now, let me give you some more context. Chapter four, this great revival is continuing in the early church. People are getting saved. Lives are being changed. Uh, the numbers are growing. Multitudes are, are coming to Jesus. And in the midst of all of this, this generosity that they're feeling from heaven, they start sharing that with other people so that as people were being persecuted because they are followers of Jesus and losing their jobs and losing their families, the church were coming together and they're saying, if anybody has a need, we're going to help fill that need. If you need rent money, we're there. If you need utilities paid, we're going to be there. So people are so generous with each other, no one had a need. And then it ends chapter 4 by talking about Barnabas, who he had talked about last week. He gave everything up, and he's like, this is just for anybody that has need. And then chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira show up. Now, we don't know the backstory with Ananias and Sapphira. We don't know if they were deceitful all the time. I kind of, the way I've walked with Jesus for as long as I have, I don't think this is their first run-in with doing something like this. But as you read this, I I would be dishonest with you to say that this didn't trouble me. This troubles me dearly. Like, are you kidding me? Like, these guys basically died because they didn't give the offering that they had promised, that they had pledged that they were going to give, and they lied about it, and so they just fell over dead? What? 
Like, if I'm making the Bible up, I'm leaving this story out, my friends. So I'm just like, let's just get this story out and let it, let it get it removed. Because that just is it's hard to reconcile with this all-loving, unconditional, loving Heavenly Father that we see displayed in the life of Jesus. But yet, what's up with these guys? But I want to help you guys connect the dots in this story in chapter 5 because you have this story of Ananias and Sapphira right before this great movement of miracles that happen. See, any time that you see the power of God being demonstrated, it's typically coming from people that have been purified by Him. Powerful experiences are launched from personal holiness. And the church was, was seeing the presence of God so strong that it carried over to this purified church that was walking in purity. And one thing that we know from reading the Old Testament, there was this account in 2 Samuel of uh, this guy, Azah, that was in charge of holding the ark, which, which held the presence of God. And he mishandled the ark one day as David and his men were carrying the ark out to celebrate the, the goodness of God. And he mishandled it, and he touched an area of the ark that, that he was not supposed to. And Scripture says that he fell over and died right there. Like, we, we need to understand something about God that I believe is not being taught very often anymore. That the presence of God demands holiness. It demands it. So what we see happening, the presence of God is so strong in the early church, there was such a purity that was going on that Ananias and Sapphira coming in to this pure church with these impurities they're trying to bring in, they fall over dead. Doesn't say that God killed them. Just says they fell over. And I firmly believe that this was rooted in personal holiness. That as we get into the presence of God, there's this purity of God that just is a natural byproduct of the presence of God, which then tees us up for powerful experiences with God. The best example I can give you guys to understand this is fire. Because here's what you need to know about fire. Fire is powerful, but it's also purifying. In ancient times, like, like in the Bible, they would use a fire to purify precious metals like gold. So they would call the, these fires that would use to purify these metals, they would call it a refiner's fire. They're refining the precious metal to make it purified. When I stepped in to be a fully devoted follower of Christ about five years into saying yes to following Jesus but not really doing it fully devoted to Jesus, there was a song that we used to sing at the church that I attended. It was called Refiner's Fire by this vineyard music group. How many remember that song? They're like, I wasn't even alive in 1990 with that song, but... You know, songs have a way of like transporting you back into a, a time. Like how many have ever heard a song that you, you heard growing up or maybe when you were a teen and it comes on the radio and you're instantly transported back to a moment like when you were 13 or 14. 
But this song, Refiner's Fire, has that effect on me when it comes to my walk with Jesus. Because I hear this song, it, it just is so powerful to me. Because it, it really captures the essence of the fire of God for our life. Because the fire of God for our life is both powerful and purifying at the same time. So the song is Refiner's Fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. That's the lyrics of the song. We're going to sing it at the end. Just We're going we're gonna to bring back some of these old songs that just, we, haven't, we, we need to bring them back. There's some good stuff back there. But I'm thinking of this idea because as, as we're thinking about holiness, that word like trips some of us out right out the gate. I mean, it's, it's a word that causes a reaction in a lot of us, holy. What, is, what does that word cause for you? For a lot of people, when I say the word holy, it, it causes them to think legalistic. It causes them to think like old-fashioned. causes them to think like that, that's just prudish, like, like holy, holier than thou. We, we've had these ideas in our mind, but do you know that not only do we serve a holy God, this holy God has called us to be holy ourselves. Check out what it says in 1 Peter 1. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which are yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior because it is written you shall be holy for i am holy it references an old testament scripture that when when god puts his spirit inside of you as his son as his daughter then what he's doing is he's putting his holiness in you and because christ lives in us we experience positional holiness as soon as we say yes to jesus but positional holiness is different than personal holiness. Personal holiness is up to us. If we're going to live this life out the way God has called us to live. But what we have to think about when we think of personal holiness, we have to think about the fire of God. That the most important part of the fire of God is letting the fire of God completely consume us. And then holiness becomes the byproduct of the fire. Hebrews 12, verse 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. So all we need is more presence of God. More fire of God in us is going to help purify us. It's, it's going to help us be shiny. It's going to help refine us and burn off all the impurities that we don't want anyway. But see, we get it so backwards in the church. We want to fix our, our impurities so that we can feel closer with God. And God's order is, you get closer to me, and I will help you deal with your impurities. That's how he works. And that's what this message is all about. What is the purpose of personal holiness? Let me give you some. Number one, write this down. So you can see God. God wants you to be holy because he wants you to see him. God is here right now. And he's at work in your life. He's at work in your family. He's at work for your future. But because of the impurities that are moving in our life, they act as a 
sort of pollution, if you might say. Now, we are from Bakersfield. Tara and I were both born and raised there. We lived there many, many years. So this is a fairly new area for us, but we still have a bunch of family that live in Bakersfield. And, and there's this thing, if you ever drive north, even if you're not going to Bakersfield, if you're just driving north in California, you come down this area called the Grapevine, and you drive, you're driving down, and you'll see the San Joaquin Valley floor. And most of the time at this time of the year, it's super sunny above, you know, and, uh, on the Grapevine. But then as you look down into the valley, it's just like brown. <laughs> How many have ever seen that? It just almost looks like a dirty lake. And you're just like, wow, people live down in that? Yeah, they do, because <laughs> it's so much cheaper in this area. So you, you drive in there, and, and you don't have the vision. I, I, it, it just uh, There's so many particles in the air, you can't see very far. And some days, because of the Thule fog mixed with all of the agricultural dust, it makes it difficult to see even 100 yards in front of you. And when impurities are running amok in our life, it makes it very difficult for us to be able to see what God's up to and where he's taking us, where where we're headed. So holiness helps that. It's about God opening the eyes of our hearts so we might be able to see him. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's Jesus. People that are pure in heart, and the word pure by the way, is another way of saying holy because to be pure is to be unmixed and to be unmixed is to be whole and to be whole like like wholehearted is to be holy and the word holy means to be set apart over 2,000 times the Hebrew and the Greek in the both Old and New Testament say this word and this idea of holy. It's important and one of the reasons is so that we might be able to see God. He wants you to know what he's up to with your life. He doesn't want you in a state of constant confusion, but it's our junk that keeps us from seeing him and what he's up to in the midst of our lives. Number two, write this down so you can experience more of God in your life. So you can experience more of him. One of the most annoying things when I'm washing my car and I pull out the hose and I get ready to, to squirt the car, right? Full, you know, the, the faucet's on full blast and you go to squirt the car, it's like, it just drizzles out. You're like, what's the deal? And you follow the hose, and there you see it, the kink in the hose. You're like, oh, man, you got to go over there, unkink the hose. Now, because the kink in the hose, the water is not able to operate at full power the way it's supposed to. And our lifestyle acts as a kink in the hose of the power that God wants to move through our life for other people around our life. It's so frustrating to me that we are so in this position where we don't see the power of God like they did in the book of Acts and we just want to dismiss it like, oh, well, the power of God just doesn't move like that anymore. Don't be so quick to dismiss it just because you're not experiencing the power of God from your life. Because I believe it's the holiness that unkinks the hose and allows God to move through you and through me in the full power that he wants to operate from. I believe so many people have turned their back on the church because they don't see the power of God. And a lot of it is because we refuse to talk about holiness. We, we refuse to address the issue of personal holiness. There are, there are a lot of pastors that would never talk about this. 
I'm just going to be upfront and real with you. If we want a gr- great reset in our lives, we can't get there, church, if we don't circle this and talk about it. Number three, write this down. So you can put God on display with your life. The biggest billboard that God has to work with is your life. You're putting God on display. Listen to 1 Peter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness in his marvelous light. As we live holy lives, we, by the presence of God moving through our life, have an excellent spirit that other people will want for their life. Holiness does that. Holiness doesn't mean perfection. Holiness doesn't mean that you don't ever have any missteps. So like You'll have missteps. You'll, you'll make mistakes. But the difference is, to be holy is that you're setting yourself apart. You're not going to live like everybody else because you're going to live the way God wants you to live, which is going to make you live differently. The reality is there's a lot of people that claim that they believe in God, but you look at them, they don't have an excellent spirit. They, they don't... They don't have a lifestyle that other people are going, man, I want what they have. Unfortunately, there's many people that believe in God have become a billboard of why other people will never come to church. Ouch. I'm preaching this morning. It's quiet here. It's truth. The way we're living our life makes people say, that's why I will never go to church. How do we develop personal holiness? Let's get practical. Write this down. Number one, focus on being more than doing. Focus on being. Being with God. Being in His presence. Being one with Him. And and then the doing is just the natural response to being with God. Because God's presence demands this holiness that we talked about. And what happens is we pray for the fire of God. Oh, Lord, bring your fire, but let your fire fall. And we just, we just want the power without the purity. And then we get away from this idea of the presence of God, and we just get into the do's and don'ts. And this is what gives the legalistic vibes. This is why people are like, ah, oh, church is a bunch of do's and don'ts. And the reason people say that is they've been around a bunch of Christians that are all about do's and don'ts. Now, there's, there's room in our conversations to talk about the do's and don'ts for sure but i want to make sure when we talk about personal holiness we're putting the attention on where it needs to be and that is the presence of god because the presence of god will completely help us purify our lives it will be a natural response to the presence that god has for our lives the pharisees in jesus's era were these church people that were all about the rules and jesus called them out all the time called them hypocrites man he was on these guys all the time he was calling them out all the time what's interesting is the word pharisee means separated ones so they put 
like themselves above everybody else because they're like, we're separate. We're not like everybody else. And so, so they were kind of the first holier-than-thou people because what happened, they got so much into the regulations that they forgot about the presence of God. And Jesus called them out. He said, you need to go back because inside you are completely far from God. These other people that are living sinful lives are closer to God than you guys are. These are some of the things that Jesus said. You know, we're not too far removed from this movement of God called the Azusa Street Revival back in the 1920s. How many have read about this before? Maybe some of you had grandparents that were a part of it. But this was an amazing movement of God that fell in the streets of Azusa. I mean, it, it really started with these guys praying for an outpouring of God, like many of us are praying right now, and God's presence fell on these guys and everything changed. Do you know there are denominations today that were birthed out of that movement of God back then? Assemblies of God, Foursquare, some other denominations all because the presence of God came. But it's so ironic to me that you fast forward all these years that we've so far removed ourselves from what created the purity that these same movements have become very legalistic because they've divorced themselves from the very essence of what brought them into this place of purity, which is the presence of God. And now some of these church denominations are all about the do's and don'ts. And they focused on that. And this is what makes people sick of the church. They don't want to come to churches about do's and don'ts. But they love the presence of God. The presence of God is something everybody loves. Here's the other problem with Phariseeism. Is that when you get into the do's and don'ts and you forget what is causing the do's and don'ts to begin with, which is the presence of God... In a way, it, it kind of wants you to, to do it even more. Ha, have you ever walked by a door or a bench that said, wet paint, don't touch? Have you, ever, have you ever been tempted to touch it just because it said, don't touch it? I know this doesn't happen, but on the cartoons, but it says, you know, you, you walk by the fence, it's got a hole in it. It says, whatever you do, don't look in the hole. Do you know what it makes you do as a human being? It makes you want to look at the hole. You're like, well... I didn't want to look in the hole, but now that you're telling me I not to look in the hole, it makes you want to do it even more. That's what legalism does, is it actually makes you want to do it even more. And this is what happened with so many people in this Phariseeism movement, is fences will make you want to escape. Altars will make you want to lean into the presence of God. We need to stop building fences and start building more altars for our lives and our relationship with God. We need some more altars, church. We need some more places where we connect with God. This is where worship music, Bible study, getting together and letting the presence of God soak your soul. Then the purity is going to be a natural byproduct of the presence. Number two, write this down, is we learn or, or we should lean into the grace you've been given. Lean into that grace. Now, I'm not preaching this message like, hey, just, you know, you're forgiven. Just like ask God to forgive you and like you're forgiven. Like lean into that grace. Let me tell you something about grace. It's two, there's two sides to this coin called grace. One side is unmerited favor. We all know that one very well. We're very acquainted with that side. Like when I mess up, God's there to forgive me. That's grace. Thank you for grace. I need more grace. 
But the other side is supernatural power. This isn't taught as often as it should be. The same grace that says and declares over your life that you're forgiven of your sin is the same grace that empowers you to be an overcomer over any temptation that might be trying to take you down. That's grace too. Grace is forgiveness, but it's also power. We need to lean into that power. That power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. So everything you need to live a godly life has been placed in you by the grace of God. The power of God has given you the ability to see victory and experience being an overcomer because of this grace. But we've got to work it out like a muscle, like you go to the gym. You want to get your swole on. You got to go to the gym. You got to pump some iron. You got to, I'm telling you, this is how you get grace moving in your life is you work out the presence of God more and more and it builds that muscle of grace and you will have the supernatural overcoming power to overcome whatever temptations are trying to take you out. Philippians 2 verse 12, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, work out. How many of you remember Hans and Franz? You got to work out. Quit being a girly man. Number three, identify the stuff getting in the way of you getting close with God and step away from it. Sounds really easy to, to write that, but can you live it? Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What has to go to give more room for God to move you to a new level of glory in your relationship with God? What has to go? Going back to that analogy, what's, what's kinking the hose in your life? I like to say it this way. If we want to have an increase there has to be a decrease. If you want to increase more presence in your life, then something else needs to decrease from your life. When I say no to myself, then I can make room for a greater yes that God desires for my life to experience. Holiness is going to demand you saying no to some kind of an impulse or a desire that is set in motion to destroy your life, your family, everything around you. And we all have them. But we've got to identify those, th- those trigger points, if you want to call them that, that are, that are actually pulling you in a different direction than... God wants you to be going for your life. 1 Corinthians 6.12, I love this. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. It's the Amplified translation. Not everything's beneficial. So, so there are things in your life that as you explore them, you're like, hmm. That's not very beneficial. I'm, I'm trying to move my life forward. I'm trying to, 
experience everything that God wants to do in my life and through my life, and this thing keeps getting in the way. What comes to your mind when I say that? Something come to your mind? And I'm not here to beat you up about that. The message here that I'm giving you today should be doing the opposite of that. I'm not here to beat you down and say, you got to live holier lives. I'm here to help show you that this isn't difficult when you're putting yourself into the presence of God. You just got to be obedient to the things that God is whispering for you to do. He's already given you the grace to step away from it. But if you don't identify what it is, that thing is just always going to be there and it's always going to be pulling you away from the direction that God wants for your life. So just simply taking some time to pause and help or allow the Lord to help you identify those, mo- those places and maybe even those people that are in the way of you living the life that God's called you to live. See, if there's anything in my life that is going to take me out of the sweet spot of having the power of God move in my life and through my life to help other people, I don't want that in my life. And maybe you've never experienced the power of God through you and blessing another person. Maybe you've never prayed over somebody and seen a miracle happen through your life. Maybe you've never shared your faith with somebody and and it was exactly what they needed to hear and you ended up praying for them. I don't know. But I've been in that space. And there's nothing sweeter than to see God use you to help another human being out that is broken and that's hurting and that desperately needs the touch of heaven in their life. And I've had so many experiences. Anything in my life that is going to possibly ruin my ability to be used by God, I don't want it. I don't don't even want it close to me. I want to I just walk away from it. And I could, I could spend 20 minutes and give you a dedicated list of, here's the things that are going to do it. I'm going to leave that up to you because right now, if you're already following Jesus, if you've already received the Spirit of God, God's already identifying some things as I'm speaking right now. He's, he's already showing you some things. And some of you are like, I know I hate this. And it keeps coming back into my life. And I hate it because I know it's pulling me away from God using me in incredible, powerful ways. Well, I'm here to tell you that we've been praying for the fire to fall on Atmosphere Church today. And you're not here by accident. God has brought you here because he wants to do something in you you cannot do for yourself. He is here and he wants to purify you. He wants to pull you into a new place of holiness for your own life. And sometimes the only way you're going to experience that is through powerful presence of God. So if we want to reset our lives in this new year, we cannot reset it without talking and preaching about personal holiness. So would you stand to your feet? We just ended 21 days of prayer, which was awesome, by the way. But now we're going to overtime. This is the 22nd day of 21 days of prayer right now. And my prayer for you, for our church, is for a fresh fire of God to fall over your life. That the impurities that have been keeping you 
from experiencing God the way He wants to use you to touch other people, to change this world, to experience Him, are going to be melted away in His presence. That impure things die in the presence of a holy God. Father, we turn our attention to you. We know you are holy. God, in your holiness, as we come into your presence, Lord, we ask for that refiner's fire that both empowers and purifies. Lord, we're asking, God, as we reset our lives, Lord, that there would be a fresh purity in our life that old things will pass away and behold all things will become new God let your fire fall on our lives on our marriages on our families on every area of our life God show us the kinks and the hosts so that we can walk away from those things by your grace and your strength we're going to be able to do that so we're going to make this worship song our prayer church you may not know the lyrics You may just want to listen to the lyrics at first, but those of you that have been around for a little while, you know this song. Sing it out as a prayer to God for you to experience a new, fresh outpouring of His holiness onto your life so that you can move in the power that He wants from your life. Let's worship. Purify my heart Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold. Refine as Set up 
for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.